and welcome to On the Brighter Side. I'm your host, Monica Tanner, and I just wanted to start off by thanking all of you who gave me some sort of feedback on the podcast for my birthday. I got emails and I got some reviews and several comments on my posts about what you guys are getting out of the podcast, and I just want you to know that I heard you all loud and clear and that I'm so excited to make this podcast everything that you guys want. So today I am so excited to introduce my guest to you. She is a military wife. She is the mom of three of the most adorable boys you've ever seen. She lives in California and she's the host of an incredible podcast called Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Her name is Jessica Dahlquist and I'm so excited to have her with me today. She's interviewed hundreds of extraordinary extraordinary moms. And so I feel like she is foremost authorities on mothering that you could find. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce Jessica Dahlquist of Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Hi, Jessica. How are you? Great. How are you, Monica? Thanks for having me today. I'm awesome. I'm so glad you're willing to join us. Please start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family. Sure. I'm Jessica Dahlquist. I'm originally from San Diego, California, but right now we're living just north of Los Angeles in Camarillo. My husband is currently in the Navy as an attorney, and I never pictured myself as a military wife, but we've lived all around the country now, and it has been a learning experience, and uh, I've learned, yeah, I've learned a lot from this experience, and it's challenged me in ways that other aspects of my life had not previously done, so I am grateful for it. I have three boys, eight six and almost three the three-year-old almost three-year-old just learned to crawl out of his crib oh so I'm, feeling, I'm feeling it he gets up at 4 a.m and it's three inches from my face and it's like i'm awake that, mom. i'm like no please so we're working through that but i'm also a podcast host i host the extraordinary moms podcast where i interview different moms who share their motherhood journeys and the lessons that they've learned along the way and i've interview people that you have heard of and people that you have not, but they just have really compelling motherhood stories because there's so much we can learn from one another. I love being a mom and I just wanted to hear from other moms who look like maybe they have it all together or they're doing a great job and how are they doing that? How are they enduring those challenges and what have they learned? And I have learned so much from these women and I'm so glad other people have learned from them as well through the podcast. Yeah, that's amazing. You've been doing this podcast for a really long time. I know I've learned a ton from your interviews and your podcast. So I'd love to hear the order origin story behind it, like how it came about and how you decide who to interview and all of those things. Yeah, sure. So my almost three-year-old, he's kind of the root of the podcast. Um, he was just a few months old when I was up in the middle of the night. You know, I don't want to be scrolling Instagram or dropping or doing something like that. I needed to be hearing from other moms. And I was searching for a podcast because I loved podcasts previously. I wanted to hear from other moms who, who were enjoying their role, but also going through some challenges. And I couldn't find anything quite like that. And I thought, well, how hard could it be to start a podcast? So I literally Googled how to start a podcast. And, you know, I don't want to make it sound too easy but it's probably easier than you think it is to start a podcast, especially once you get, you know, the groundwork laid. So in over the next two or three months, I set up the website and just thought who in my inner circle are incredible moms that I look up to and have learned from. And I just started there and I thought, well, there'll probably be about 75 people listening. Like I can think of that many people that might want to tune in. And to much of my surprise, as it's gone over the past two and a half years, we've had 
quite more than 75 people, which I'm just thrilled about, but it's just been awesome. And so now I interview mostly people that I don't know. It's either people that I find online, on social media that I admire, that I enjoy, you know, being inspired by their stories, things like that. And then sometimes it's also people that that I still know or come across. I get a lot of referrals from people saying, oh, you have to interview so-and-so. She's incredible. And I look more into it. And it has just been so fun expanding my perspective to meet all of these incredible women who have extraordinary stories and they're just doing extraordinary work in their families. So it is, it's so fun. I love it. Yeah, that's amazing. So this is selfishly for me, but really for anyone out there who is listening, who might be interested in starting something like a blog or podcasting or starting a business, there's always pitfalls. I'm wondering if you'll tell us a few of the mistakes you made, you know, getting everything started. And are there some things you wish you would have known before you started out or some things you might have done differently? Mm -hmm. I would not have named it Extraordinary Moms Podcast. That is the longest name on the planet. Why did I say that? And extraordinary is kind of hard to spell. And it's like, easier, like type it. That is so annoying. So I would have picked a much shorter name. And I'm wanting to include more than just moms. I think this is not just a show that you have to be a mom to listen. And it's not just a show where we can only learn from moms. It's really just a women, a woman podcast primarily. So I do have on extraordinary women who are not moms. And I'm fine with that. That's my show and I can do what I want. But, but only recently have I really owned that. Like, oh, does it fit with exactly what I told people it was? Well, who really? So now I just do whatever I want, which feels really great to me. So I would have picked a shorter name. So think ahead of time about how many letters are you typing out? Are there misspellings? Blah, blah, blah. And I would pick something shorter. I, oh, I also learned in my earlier episodes that while in person, I may be prone to affirm them like, "Mm, yeah, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. That sounds really bad when you're talking over your guest. And I was just trying to be affirming. I didn't know. And so looking back, I have really tried. Some people who listen may disagree with me that I've tried hard. But I have tried to (laughs) be more quiet while the, the guest is speaking so that they can tell their story and I'm not speaking over them. So those are two of the things that I really tried. But my podcast is not perfect. Most people are very shocked to hear about my setup that is quite janky, I guess we can call it. And I, I rarely like re-listened. I edited it a little bit, but not as thoroughly as some. But it's it's good enough, and I feel like the message is the most important part. And I feel like that gets communicated, so that's good enough for me. Yeah, I love that. So, how did you decide on two a week? Because that's more than most people do. Yes. Okay. So on Tuesdays, I always air interviews, and so that's always somebody else. Talking. But then I found as I was learning from these women and as I was experiencing things in my own life, I had something to say too. And so the Friday episodes are either solo episodes or a little bit more informational. So it's a different style than the Tuesdays. And and I've kind of gone back and forth. There was a few months where I didn't do Fridays and I missed it. And I and I really enjoyed communicating and engaging. And some people who listen have expressed like we want to know more about your story or your perspective and things. And so that's just my way to kind of connect because the show is really not about me at all that's why I love talking about it and that's why I love promoting it because it's like come here these women this is not about me telling you how to be extraordinary or how extraordinary I am it's extraordinary women that come on so so yeah that's that's why we do two week I've kind of gone back and forth like oh should I take a break from Fridays over the summer then when I think about all the things that I want to say I'm like I'm not taking a break this is too fun so I, I'll do it as long as I enjoy it and it doesn't feel 
too high maintenance to me. It works for me. Yeah, I've had that same challenge as well because I've now guests are starting to approach me, which is so great. But I, you know, like to put in plug in my solo episodes as well. So I'm having a hard time, but I'm so nervous still to go to two times a week. I just think, oh, that's a lot for myself to do. But yeah, I've had that challenge as well, trying to put in those solo episodes because I have so many thoughts about these wonderful guests, but I don't want to, I'm kind of backlogged now. I've got a few, you know, waiting in the, you know, waiting in the queue to come on. And I'm like, well, I don't want to keep this interview to myself any longer. I want to get it out there. But then I also have a solo episode. So anyways, yeah, that's an interesting balance. So I think people also like bonus episodes. So even if it's not a regular thing and you're like, I'm really passionate about this. I think it would be a value. Just put it out like as a bonus. And yeah, that's true. People are happy about that. I always love when new podcasts pop up into my feed, and I don't always know. I don't. I don't necessarily keep track of when certain ones are airing or how often. So I don't think your listeners may either. So put it out if you want. That's a great idea. My very first bonus episode coming out this Friday, so tomorrow. No, perfect. <laughs> so by now you've interviewed maybe like two hundred moms, and I love how you say on your intro that they're all completely different. No one is the same, but they're all extraordinary in their own ways. Is there something? you can put your finger on that maybe many of them have in common or like a common thread that runs through them that runs through maybe all extraordinary moms like what makes a mom or anyone else for that matter extraordinary yes there's absolutely a common thread and is that they are not victims to their circumstances oh I love that they learn from their challenges they don't think that life is happening to them they are they are an active participant in their life and they believe and they can see especially in hindsight like we all can that challenges can really be for our good they believe that they are equipped to handle children that they were given and to guide and mold them according to their unique needs they don't have to have quote-unquote special needs in order to have needs all kids have needs and they're all so unique and different and so I love hearing from these moms that can learn from their challenges and they don't feel like gosh I got robbed or I got ripped off out of this they may feel those sentiments you know for a time but then they're able to move on to what is the bigger picture what is the greater purpose what can this teach and I have seen time and time again that when somebody experiences something that challenge later equips them for something else whether it's another challenge or another experience whether it's supporting somebody else through walking a similar path or experiencing similar emotions and they are so grateful for it and so those are extraordinary women those are extraordinary people that can really just learn from their challenges and I and I hope that I've gotten better at viewing my challenges that way too because of these women for sure that's so inspiring when someone can take a difficult circumstance and use it and realize the good in it I love that so when I contacted you about being on my show and we were brainstorming about possible topics because you have so many that you cover I you felt passionate about wanting to discuss and I was so excited when you mentioned the idea of being a whole healthy person and feeling like the best version of yourself leads to great parenting. Can you elaborate on that a little? Absolutely. Okay, so I put out an episode a while back called Why I Go to Therapy and it was about a year ago so it's been a while now but I only, I did therapy like in my college years a little bit when I was dealing with some depression and anxiety, but I recently revisited it because, you know, some, some common threads were continuing to pop up and I realized there was some stuff underneath the surface I needed to deal with. And, and that was really, really helpful to me. So I put that out to kind of hopefully destigmatize. You don't need to look a certain way to be a candidate for therapy. We all have experiences in our life that leave us with a lack, that leave us with an incorrect narrative in our mind. You know, it's not just a certain person that's been through something traumatic or has gotten divorced or lost a child. Those aren't the things necessarily that constitute you needing or benefiting from therapy. And so that's just one aspect of it. 
And then I was realizing I have spent a lot of time reading parenting books to fix my children. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to fix my children and I want them to behave and I want them to be like I want them to be. And then I started to realize in those moments when I kind of held a mirror up in front of myself and I'm yelling at them to stop yelling and I'm telling them to be nice to each other and I was not speaking very kindly I realized I really had to look at myself and look at my areas of lack and my deficiencies and my poor modeling that I was doing because I cannot expect them to behave any better than I do and so by addressing some of my own issues I guess you want to call them that or or just just areas of insecurity or misunderstanding. When I've been able to work on those things and and even make small improvements, nobody's perfect, nobody ever will be, but to make small improvements and just be more self-aware, not only do you show up better for your kids, but you model how to improve and how to help yourself to be better and to make better choices going forward when, when you falter. So I feel like that has been way more helpful than any parenting book that I've ever read. Yeah, I think that self-awareness piece is so important. So whether it's you know a counselor or a life coach or any just or or just a really trusted friend I think that outside perspective on hey this is how I'm feeling you know getting another person's perspective on that is so helpful I think to becoming you know our best selves because we really there's a lot we have blind spots you know and it's really hard for us to see our own you know weaknesses or things that we really internally struggle with the inconsistencies within all of us and so if you have a really good trusted friend a counselor a life coach or someone who can you know hold that mirror up and be like you know show you the things that maybe yeah you're not seeing that's so helpful for everyone I think everyone needs someone like that in their lives and like I point out I can't just be a trusted friend you know somebody that's a really good listener that can be empathetic to you and, and hold what you're telling them I think that's just as valuable at, at times and I'd always recommend Brene Brown. I feel like it's therapy yes. in a book. So, you know, if you're feeling like, well, I don't have the time or I don't have insurance or the money or whatever, those have been limitations for me as well. I'm grateful for the season where I was able to go and hopefully we'll make time again in the future as well. But Brene Brown's always a good starting point. And there's lots of other self-help books that can be a good jumping off point too. For sure. She's great. I talk a lot in my podcast about finding your purpose because I believe we all have a unique purpose to fulfill in this life. So whether you stay at home full time or you work outside of the home or you volunteer a lot, how do you think feeling fulfilled and happy leads to great parents? Mm, I love that question. It really boils down to what do you do in your day today life because we can't have this grand idea of what our purpose looks like and what we want to achieve and all these like big goals but really it boils down to what is your day-to-day life look like and are you prioritizing those values and when we help our kids to set goals and envision what's your purpose and everything like that it can kind of feel abstract but when we boil it down to the day-to-day like what can you do today that will get you closer to your goals or closer to just being happy and being the person that you want to become if you're not doing and actively pursuing those types of activities that are edifying you and leading you towards that direction, it doesn't matter what your long-term goal is. You're not going to get there because cumulatively it's not possible, but don't underestimate the power of the day to day. And I just hope that if I want to be a great mom and I want my kids to look back fondly on me as their mom during these growing up years, my day-to-day has to reflect that purpose that I have. Yeah, I love that. And I think we're all so different in what our talents are and what our affinities are. And I don't think it matters. I mean, it looks different for everyone. I don't think it matters whether we work or whether we don't work outside the home or, or what we do 
really to, to fill our buckets. I think it's just important that our kids see happy, healthy, whole, loving human. I think I think that's so important for our kids to see because if we're you know if we're staying at home but we're not fulfilled and we're not happy, then that's not a good example for our kids. But if you know we come home from work and we are so happy to see our kids and grateful for our lives, and then they get to see this great example of someone who really lived out their purpose and was able to give them love and support and be that example for them. So I think it's, yeah, like you said, it is that every day, like day to day, I remember once asking my mother-in-law, because my husband's family, they all turned out so great. They're all so happy and successful and contributing adults. And I said, what did you do? Like, what, <laughs> what is the secret sauce? How do I make my kids all good human beings and she was like you know what there's no big thing I can tell you it's just every day day to day being there in you know day in and day out and being a witness to their lives and just showing them that life is good and I'm like oh yeah I like that advice because <laughs> it is it just comes from the day to day every day yeah and when life is hard your kids can see how does mom get through that day yeah. You know, does she hold herself up in her bedroom and wallow for a long time? Does she binge eat? Does she tune out? Does she snap at us? Or does she proactively work through those challenges in a more constructive way? Like we're showing them how to work through the hard times and how to really enjoy life as well. They have to see it from us first. They're not going to learn it anywhere else. Yeah, that's so important. So I'd love for you to talk about positive parenting and how this plays a role in our everyday interactions with our kids and with other people. Oh, I love positive parenting. I love it so much. Okay, so here's the thing. The other day I was in a bad mood and I was kind of reverting back to some old habits of, you know, having a shorter fuse and just wanting to demand them to respond the way I want them to respond when I want them to do it. Okay. And it felt terrible, but it was effective. Okay. And so I was thinking, gosh, that was faster. Like they have to, when I used a really stern voice and I like put the fear of God in them. <laughs> wow. That was a little faster than positive parenting, but I felt crummy and they didn't come to me to chat at the end of the day. And they didn't just walk by me and feel like they could hug or that if I went to hug them, they would be like, uh, I'm not touching you crazy lady. <laughs> and so the moral of the story is yes, there are other parenting tactics that might get the response that you want. And like Brene Brown says, like shame works. So if you want to shame your kids into doing anything like that will absolutely work for you short term, it will ruin them long term. Exactly. Yep. So in the short term, yes, they may get their shoes on. They may be in the car on time. But then if you're ruining your relationship with them, if you are contributing to them having a poor sense of self and identity and self-worth, if they're feeling like they can only get attention when they are acting out negatively because you don't ever acknowledge the positive in them, what are we even doing? Is that even worth being a mother at all then? And so for positive parenting, I love what Ralphie Jacobs says. I don't know if you follow her simply on purpose. She is my favorite, favorite, favorite. I would, yeah, she's just my go-to all day long but she's like this is about positive relationships and it's not just positive parenting your kids you can use positive reinforcement for every relationship in your life so I have noticed don't I hope my husband's not listening but when I am affirming the things that I want him to do more of he's more likely to do them and I'm positive parenting the heck out of him <laughs> <laughs> I think they need that yes and so 
Positive parenting is simply pointing out and affirming the positive behaviors and praising your children for the things they are doing right, even amidst junk behavior. And I don't know if junk behavior is Ralphie's term alone, but I use it. So yeah, when you're able to, when you think back on your day and you think, when did I give my child attention? Usually when it's when you're trying to put out a fire, when you're being critical, you're asking them to do something. But then when they were playing really well together as siblings, when they did their homework without being asked, when they put, put away their dishes in the sink, it was going well. And so you may have totally not acknowledged it because it just, you want, you know, it just was what it was. It didn't disrupt your life. But when you are actively looking for ways to praise your children, their tank is being filled. And not only is their tank being filled and they'll start doing more of those positive behaviors, it is far more fulfilling and wonderful and joyful to be a mom when you're that version. So in contrast to the other side of me as a mom that I experienced the other day, which I'm so grateful there's less of those days. I figured out this is just so much better. It doesn't mean their behavior will, you know, all whip into shape as immediately and they'll do everything perfectly, but that's not really the goal to have perfect children. It's to have all behaviors in a tolerable level (laughs) and just to find the positive because you're building them up as as tiny humans that you want to be confident adults. So yeah, I love positive parenting. I can, I could go on and on, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned Ralphie, so you can find her on Instagram at simply on purpose. And I'll link to that in the show notes. Do you have any other suggestions? for learning more about positive parenting or some of your other go-to resources that you really like? Yes, I signed up years and years ago My fr- when my husband first joined the Navy and he was going to be gone for five months. I'm like, I need some help. I need some support. I need a toolbox. And so Amy McCready has positive parenting solutions and that was a program that I signed up for and it's just modules that you can go through in depth and stuff. And I've logged in in a while, but those were great tools to have in my toolbox with this perspective. Cool. I just think... I mean, I have so many positive parenting friends, so I just love surrounding myself with with people that are are like-minded in our goal of positive parenting, but I would say Ralphie is the number one. And then also Jessica Lamb, who is at Skip to My Luca. She really addresses more the special needs community, which is terrific. But again, it's the same principles, and even though I don't have children with special needs, the same principles apply. So I think those are two of my favorite. Awesome. From all of your experience in talking to extraordinary moms, do you have any advice for my listeners who are trying to figure out what they're passionate about or how they can contribute, but they just don't know where to start looking? What would you tell them? Well, sure. So here I was before I started the podcast nursing my son. I was home so much because of his nap schedule and and I had two other kids under age six. And so I just felt like I wanted to contribute. I love working. I love being proactive and creating things, but it just wasn't a season for that. I wanted to be at home with my kids primarily, but I still felt like I wanted to contribute. And so in addition, I shared this on podcast recently, a surprising reason I started the show was because I was suffering from anxiety. And one of the ways that that manifests itself for me is that my words get really tripped up and I have a hard time articulating myself. And I was in a season where I wasn't going out very much because I didn't want to be put in social situations where I was going to be put on the spot to speak clearly because sometimes my words just wouldn't come. And I thought if I could kind of control the conversation and I could write down questions ahead of time and practice my active listening and practice my questioning skills. And people love talking about themselves more than they like listening to you. I mean, really. (laughs) So if I could do that for other people, I felt like that could maybe address that weakness that I was experiencing. And it did. And so in order to find your passion, you know, list out your natural talents. I was a performer my whole life. I did musical theater and I love talking. Well, kind of, kind of like talking. I like talking one-on-one. I'm not a big grouper. I'm an introvert, but But still, list out your talents, and it can be everything from speaking 
to supporting other women. It doesn't have to be a thing where you're on stage and it's all the attention on you. It can be baking, it can be sewing, it can be watching other people's kids and loving on them like you love your own. I'm not great at that actually. So whatever it is, and then circle the ones that like really make you happy. Cause there's certain things we're good at that it's like, well, I don't like love that, but I don't like, <laughs> I can do it, fine. But like circle the ones from that list that really excite you and fill you up. And then let your passion for those things kind of drive, how can I use this in any way and don't look for the thing that will make the biggest splash or get you the most attention or anything start so small you never know what can happen there's lots of people that have started very small that it's blown up and it's and it's great and it's getting a lot more attention but just start with what you're passionate about and add that value to one other person's life and because I believe that's why we're put on this earth with unique talents and unique skill sets is to contribute those skill sets. So especially when you're able to identify what that passion is, and it may be different than what it was 15 years ago, or it might be similar. So just kind of make that list, circle what you enjoy, and think, what can I do today that can kind of tap into that? And you never know what you're gonna come up with. It could be something brand new like a podcast, who knows? For sure, I think you nailed it, I love that. What's been your biggest struggle as you try to manage it all, and what has been the most helpful to you? Well, I mean, it's ironic that earlier I talked about prioritizing your values because I feel like that's the biggest struggle, right? Because sometimes we're so exhausted, we just want to veg out on Netflix or we want to do something else that's not adding value to the bigger picture of, of living out your purpose. And so just day to day, I really just try to prioritize my values. And yes, there will still be discretionary time where you can fill it up with the other like fun stuff that's not really consequential, right? And that's fine too. But making sure that the things that you really do value are in there. And if you can do that, like everything else, you know, just kind of up to you. And that's, that's great. But you can value whatever you want. That's the thing. Like nobody can tell you what you value. Yeah, you're supposed to value your kids. I get that. But like, what does that look like? Value reading with them? Do you value singing with them? Do you value going on walks with them or exploring nature with them? I'm not going to tell you what you value with them, but like nail that down and block it out. Put it on the calendar so that it's not happening by chance because you don't really value it if you're not making time for it. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me, what do you personally love the most about being a mom? Oh, that's a hard one because I love everything. I think I love it when I see my kids becoming friends and and developing into a little unit, a supportive unit for each other. I love how they're each so different and individual, and yet they're learning effectively how to communicate with one another and how to problem solve and how to enjoy each other and love each other despite challenges. I just think that's really exciting. And right now, my almost three-year-old is just still in such a cuddly phase, and I feel like those cuddles, well, not at four in the morning, but... During the day when he's willing to just like cuddle into me, I just think it's the best. I just think it's amazing. Makes it so worth it. I love those moments as well. Who do you look up to the most as someone who just gets it and is able to uplift and inspire you to be the best you can be? Oh, that's a great question. Well, obviously, Ralphie, Simply on Purpose. Tara Jones, she is somebody that I'm having on the show. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but in a couple weeks, her daughter, Indy, has Down syndrome and it was recently diagnosed with cancer and is going through treatments right this very second. And you would not believe the joy that this family exudes amidst this 
challenge. This has the potential to completely wreck and bring you down. You'd have every right to just wallow, but no, like she gets it. She gets what this life is about. She gets what motherhood is about. It is not about how good things are going. It's about who's around you and being grateful. So she's awesome. And then I love Shannon Tripp as well. She was on the show in the past. I don't know her in real life, but I feel like we're friends now. And as, as most of my guests, I feel like that after we talk, but she just really appreciates her role as a mom and really is a great example of prioritizing her values to me. So. I love it. So as you've interviewed so many extraordinary moms and amazing women, what's been your biggest aha moment? And can you share with us why it was so impactful? Oh, yes. I have learned we must behave better than our children. And if we want our kids to behave better, we need to behave better. So it goes back to, you know, relying less on the parenting books and relying more on the self-help books and the things that can make you whole as a parent. Because as I see moms that have extraordinary kids, they're providing an excellent example to their kids of how to be extraordinary. And so it's not just a matter of them telling them what to do and how to do it and then them mimicking that just perfectly. Yes, they'll listen to us. Yes, there's teaching we need to do with our words, but more than that, they're watching what we do. And so it's no wonder that we are in a climate and a time of major bullying and and major name calling because I just feel like there's so much divisiveness happening. And without us even knowing it, as we're criticizing people in positions of authority or whatever, you don't have to agree with them. But the way that we treat the people that are not like us, that we disagree with, your kids are going to be the kids that are bullying at school because they've seen you bullying people and you may not be aware that you're doing it. And I've caught myself, you know, even at a soccer game the other week, the ref made a bad call. I'm like, come on ref, like that's not fair. And regardless of whether it was fair or not, that's not the point. The point is like people make mistakes. So like, come on. So even in that moment, we all slip up. So just kind of holding up your own mirror to your own behavior and being like, what am I showing my kids? And if your kids are exhibiting a really tough behavior or something that you don't like, kind of step back and be like, where are they seeing that? And it may start with you. And if you can change, they may be able to. I love that. Okay. So we've been talking with Jessica Dahlquist of Extraordinary Mom Podcast. And this has just been so fun. I feel like I've learned so much just in this last 20 minutes we've been talking. But if you could give moms one piece of advice in this whole crazy ride of motherhood, if you could just put your hand on their shoulders and say, listen to this one thing, what would it be? Believe you are equipped to handle your kids, to handle any challenges that you were dealt. You are built for this. And if you allow your challenges and your kids to teach you and to shape you and to strengthen you, you're literally unstoppable. I love that so much. So where can my listeners find you if they want to hear more from you, if they want to start listening to the podcast, hopefully they already know you, but if they don't, how, how can we find you? Where's the best place? Well, thank you. You can go to extraordinarymomspodcast.com. That's our website. You can listen there and find show notes and pictures and things like that. Then on any of the podcast apps, iTunes, Stitcher, I think I'm on Google Play. I'm not really sure, but anywhere you listen to podcasts, just look for Extraordinary Moms Podcast. And there we are. And there's like 200 and something episodes for you to dig into. And if you go to the website, you can search in a search term. I talk to moms from all walks of life. So if you're a mom of children with special needs and you want that support, type in special needs and those episodes will pop up. They're all categorized by topic as well. So if it's loss, if it's divorce, special needs, adoption, foster care, what self-care, whatever, and search on because it's kind of hard to dig. I get that. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing and we look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Monica. I love your show too. 
Wasn't she so great? My favorite thing about Jessica in our interview is how honest and open she was about struggles that she has had in her own life in starting her podcast. I love how her podcast was born out of a place where she felt like she needed a little something else in her life. She was feeling anxious and uncertain about what she was meant to do. And so she just Googled podcast and she turned a weakness into a huge strength. And now she has this amazing, hugely popular podcast that helps women all over the place who struggle with the same kind of things that she started. And she just solved a huge problem for herself and women all over the world. I love that she did that. And I so love how that supports how women anywhere from any walk of life who is struggling with anything can find their purpose and really live it out. And so Jessica, I salute you and I'm so thankful that you came on and hung out with us today. If you haven't downloaded my Screen Free Summer and are starting to feel like you need a few ideas, make sure you get a copy of my Screen Free Summer. It's still out and it's still useful. So thank you so, so, so much for tuning in today. And if you're liking what you're hearing, if you could jump on and leave me a review either on Facebook or iTunes, that would be so amazingly helpful. I would really appreciate it. And until next week, stay on the brighter side. (laughs) 